0: This is Liz Dolan. This is Sheila Dolan. This is Monica Dolan. This is Lian Dolan. This News Talk and Laughs. We tackle the world one cup of coffee at one a time. One cup of coffee at a time. You're listening to Satellite Sisters
1: To, to Satellite Go. sisters to Satellite Sisters Together. What are Satellite Sisters from
0: Liz Dolan? My sister, Leanne, how are you doing today? Liz, we had to reimpose the no TV on School Nights ban, and it's hardest on me, basically. <laughs> it we, is. we saw some dipping of the grave. You had let your guard down? I had. We were indulging in American Idol, and... No, no more. I didn't, couldn't watch it last <laughs> can't night. Can't you
1: TiVo it and watch it after the kids go to bed?
0: I can't stay up that late, Liz. Oh, the okay. kids go to bed, and I go to bed two minutes later. So uh, so it's very sad to okay. get to watch it. All
1: right, poor Leah. Monica, how are you doing in
2: Portland, Oregon? Great. I guess it's appropriate. We had snow here on the last day of February. Oh, you wow. did? Yeah, the weather has kind of really changed. It's gotten very cold. And that's I mean, rare in Portland. Yeah, it's certainly colder than it was in Los Angeles this past weekend. I'm just remembering, Liz, our nice... Walk on the beach with Ferris on Sunday. Yes,
1: Ferris is my dog. Monica and I went to the beach Sunday before the Oscars. And, you know, all the billionaires that lived there, they were obviously going to the Oscars. There was not <laughs> a single person home on that beach, wouldn't you say, Monica, on Right. Well, I,
2: I don't know where the billionaires were, Liz, on Billionaire's beach, <laughs> I guess they were at their uh, stylus getting ready for the big night. But I, we were not. I guess
1: they were. Well, you know, every Wednesday on Satellite Sisters, we do the Civility Challenge. But Julie has been in London caring for her new granddaughter. And so she's normally the one that engages in this conversation with our envoy of civility, Dr. P.M. Forney. But we're just going to forge on without either of those two people today because there are some pressing civility issues we, the Satellite Sisters, have been faced with
0: lately. Yes.
1: So we need your point of view on how to handle some of these things. Also, if you're going through any serious civility challenge, You know we can't be that helpful but we can try (laughs) we've gotten enough coaching from dr forney over the years that we could take a stab at whatever your civility challenge is so give us a call at 866-33-sister that's 866-337-4783 but monica i understand we're starting with the situation
2: you encountered here in los angeles that's right liz well you know i was in la this past weekend so Sheila and I could bring you that exclusive, exclusive (laughs) coverage from the red carpet of the Independent Spirit Awards. I mean,
1: that was was groundbreaking. The
2: the interview in Spanish? Yes, that was uh, was amazing. Nobody
1: else on English language
2: radio had that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, with the director of uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, that was just thrilling. Anyways, um, Monday night I had to go to the airport after work, and of course, Sheila was unable to give me a ride. Liz, you were busy. No problem. I can, you know... Go get there under my own steam. So I just said, I'll just take a taxi. And Mm -hmm. Liz, you suggested this operation that you use there from your home office called Taxi Taxi. And when you said it's that, a cute name, taxi, yeah, Ta- taxi taxi seemed cute. Yeah, all I could think of was pizza pizza. <laughs> I just uh, I, I just taxi taxi just did not sound like a legitimate operation to me. Oh, so you were already doubting it even before your situation developed? Yeah, it just seemed like a hokey name, taxi taxi, pizza pizza. Anyways, I called the guy. I told him I needed a taxi for four. And he said, I'll call you on the cell phone. I gave him my cell phone number. So he arrived exactly at 4 o'clock. So That's that good. made me very happy. Because, of course, you know, rush hour in LA, when, when is it from like 2 in the afternoon till 8 at night? Yeah, or eight, 8 or 9? Yeah. Yep. As long
1: as there are no overturned trucks, and then it just lasts all night.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you are going to the airport in Los Angeles at 4 o'clock, you have to allow a lot of extra time. Plus, when you get to LAX, it's kind of rush hour. It's the busiest time of the night at the airport, so I wanted to allow plenty of time. So he calls me on the cell phone, all good. I go downstairs, he gets out, he called me by name, he goes, Monica, hello, I'm so-and-so, I don't remember what his name was. He said, where do you need to go? And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. I said, well, I need to go to the airport, I need to go to LAX. And he said, when? I was like, well, now? I mean, I... That is a very bad start. That's
0: an odd question.
2: Yeah, he said, when do you need to go? I was like, well, now. That's why I called the taxi Mm -hmm. for 4 o'clock. And so then he kept asking me, what time is your flight? And you know what? I just didn't want to give him the details about what time. That that shouldn't concern him. No,
1: I agree with you, because if he knew your flight was at, like, 6 or 6.30 then he thinks he's got plenty of time. And what time your flight is, is irrelevant.
2: The right, point is, him. you
1: want to go to the airport right now in the most efficient way possible. That's all he needs to know.
2: Right. He, he's not the one that has to stand in line at LAX and yes. go through security at LAX at 5 o'clock. So I was very vague with my answer. I just said, well, you know, I, I kind of need to get to the airport now. He goes, okay, okay, you know. And then I asked him before I got. Do they
1: always talk in doubles? Okay, okay. Taxi, taxi. Taxi, taxi. Monica, Uh, Monica.
2: So then I asked him before I got in the van, is it all right if I pay with the credit card? Because Liz, you told me the company accepts credit cards. And Mm -hmm. he goes, yeah, sure, sure, no problem. He goes, you can just pay me the next time. And I was like, well, there's not really going to be a next time because <laughs> next I, time, I, next time. I I don't live in Los Angeles. OK, so we get in and he is said it, this is shaping up to be odd already. We get in the van. He goes, no, Monica, um, I need to um, change my car. I don't want to take this car to the airport. It's too big. I want to get my own car. Is that OK? And I thought, well, all right. And then he said, and <laughs> OK,
0: right there. I'm out of the taxi.
2: taxi. I know, Leah. This is when, so then he said, well. Giant
1: red flag. I thought maybe he stole the taxi.
2: No, he said, this van, it's for the night shift. I have to fill it with gas. But it's right up here. It's right up here on Wilshire and 24th. And we're like on 17th. And he kept saying, is that okay? And I was like, well, I guess so. But now the panic is starting to kind of set in. Yeah. So now we're going on two errands before we start to go to the airport. Okay, so then again, and I, the
1: meter's running.
2: No, no, there's no meter, Liz. This oh. is the this is the another issue with Taxi Taxi. No meter, meter. <laughs> okay. No Liz, meter
0: running. You've used the service before dozens us? of times. And this is I've never...
1: never had this situation develop. That's why I feel like
2: this guy just hijacked a Taxi Taxi. Right.
0: It sounds right. like he's not even. He sounds like he's the gas filler.
2: I, I I don't know. So I asked him again, can I pay with the credit card? Then he starts rifling through the glove compartment. And you know, I know a lot of times taxi drivers they prefer cash. It's a pain in the neck to do the credit card, and they kind of do whatever they can to discourage you from using a credit card. Yeah, they do. And so he is now, Leon, rifling through the glove compartment. He's muttering to himself, "Oh my God, I don't have any receipts." He's pulling out old napkins. (laughs) We're like going to some gas station. We are not headed in the direction of LAX. And he says, "No problem. Pay me the next time." And then. And I said, well, I mean, can I pay with the credit card? He goes, yeah, I'll just write down your credit card number. And that just sounded really fishy to me. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you, So, so, (laughs) so, Leah, then, so we drive eight. It's our credit card number, too. Yeah, I know it is. I know know it is, gals. I hope we don't take us down. I hope the whole family (laughs) business doesn't go under with taxi, taxi. So we drive eight blocks to the gas station and I'm sitting there and I said, you know what? Maybe you should tell me now if I need cash or not, because if I do, then I need to get out of this taxi and get another taxi right now. He goes, no, no problem. No problem. You pay with credit card. Just give me the number. So we drive eight blocks. We get the gas. We get back in the, uh, we're still in the van. Then we drive another eight blocks in the opposite direction, and we get into now his car. It's not a taxi. So we have to like, get my suitcase out, get in the car. It's like a just his personal vehicle.
0: It's a gypsy cab. It's
2: a yeah, it's a it's his personal car. (laughs) And uh, there is no meter again. And he goes, oh, now everything's good, Monica. We're on our way to the airport. But we've now eaten up 20 minutes of time. Yeah. And so, of course, what he does to compensate is he starts driving like an absolute maniac. I mean, he is insane. We are on sentinella. And the whole time he is just muttering about the traffic and getting to LAX. He keeps asking me what time my uh, plane is. What I time said, was your
3: plane? <laughs> right, it was at I'm 6 it was
2: at 6:15. Okay. I wanted to get to the airport by 5 o'clock at the latest. Sure.
0: Okay. You know?
2: yep. And so he finds a receipt. He asks for my credit card. He's driving and he's pressing this pencil against the credit card and the carbon copy, Leon. <laughs> I just was like, it was so stressful. So finally I asked him, there's no meter. How much is it? He goes, well, it's 35 or $40. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even give me. I said, you know what? I just wrote $35. No tip. No tip for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. forget the tip, no. all right? We did get to the airport. He was like apologizing. Thank you, Monica. Look, you're here in plenty of time. Isn't this wonderful? You're at the airport. And there's just no way I was going to tip the guy. When he said it was 35 or $40, and I usually always tip. Yes. I just thought, you know what? 35 bucks, buddy, that's all you're getting, <laughs> yeah. because that was not a good cab ride. <laughs> that was ridiculous, okay. what just happened there. And there are just so many points
1: along that story <laughs> where you could have and maybe should have bailed. Yeah, is-
2: but you know what, Liz, what do you do? You're trapped in the cab. I know. You, 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 you've got to get there, and yeah, that has happened to me. This is why I don't want to badmouth all taxi drivers. Some are very nice, but I have had more just hellacious taxi rides to places you know when i've been on business trips i was with the guy once who kept falling asleep at the wheel and i finally had to hit him a couple times i kept saying hey are you okay i mean he we were going 70 miles an hour on the highway and he was nodding off that's happened
0: that happened to me yeah and the car was drifting
2: it was so terrifying but you know what I had to get to the airport to get on my plane. Yeah. So what am I going to do? Let me off on the side of the road? I mean, I was like like a highway, and it was in Detroit, and it was January. Oh, my gosh. So anyways, All right. So taxi, here's taxi. our question for you.
1: <laughs> what would you have done if you were Monica? What advice would you have for Monica after the fact? Should she have bailed immediately? Were there so many red flags that she should have gotten out at the gas station and started the process over again? Would you have tipped the guy? Yeah. Like, did a, a, she
0: owe taxi, taxi, tip tip
2: (laughs) i i I think the no tipping was i mean you should tip for good service yes i I don't i think Uh, you received
1: no service. no service gets no tip (laughs) all right our phone number is 866-33-SISTER it's just one of our civility challenges for today 866-337-4783 what would you have done if you were monica dolan
0: we're the satellite sister
3: sisters
1: Satellite Sisters, and we need your help today with some serious civility challenges. We have a series of challenges we are going to pose to you. The first is Monica's. You just heard about her egregious cab ride. If you want to call in and give her any advice, our number is 866-33-SISTER. 866-337-4783. Eight six six three three seven forty seven eighty three. Would you have bailed? I'm Liz Dolan, and I am here with my sisters, Monica Dolan and
2: Leon Dolan. All
0: right. So here's the deal, Monica. You had several opportunities where you could have just terminated the taxi, taxi. Cab right. Ride. I, I
2: could have not gotten in the taxi when he said uh, he, when he said I have to go to the gas station. And then we're sitting in the car. He said, I have to make a few stops. The gas station, then I have to change the car. The dry cleaner. Leave this one for the night shift. Do you mind? Where It's just a couple of blocks. But, you know, a couple of blocks the wrong direction, then a couple of blocks the wrong direction again. And now we're 20
0: minutes into the taxi ride. All right. Well, Misty has some good advice. Hey, Misty, <laughs> you're on with the Satellite Sisters. Hi, ladies. How are you? We're
4: great, Misty.
0: All right. What do you think Monica should have done?
4: Well, I think. If it would have been me, I would have had a gut feeling moment, um, probably right away when he didn't know where I was going. But then, yeah. al- also when he took me to the um, location to change vehicles, I think I think I would have had to bail there.
0: Yeah,
2: you know. Yeah, if, the problem was, I, I, I mean, Misty, I would have. The problem was now twenty minutes has gone by, and I'm in Los Angeles, and I don't know the names of any other taxi. Companies, you know, I don't have. See, them that's on my... why I use Taxi Taxi. It's right. easy to remember. Taxi Taxi. Ha- I don't have them on my cell phone. It's not like taxis are cruising by. That's why I decided well, just to stick with it.
0: But Misty, I think you make a good good point. Listening to your gut. Yeah. Are you good at that, Misty? Well, yeah, I think
4: so. Okay, because yeah. that's I, I, just think, though, I, I think. I think I would have just maybe. Did you remember the
5: number for Pizza Pizza? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ha <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure the pizza guy would have taken you to the airport <laughs> I if, guess. You,
5: if you
2: tipped him enough <laughs>
3: for,
2: for 35 bucks. <laughs> nice... I guess I could have called Sheila, but that I think would have set a cha- set off a chain of panic that I didn't want to
0: deal with. So, <laughs> Misty, thank you for your phone call. Oh gosh, do we have time for Mary's call? All right, Mary in Louisiana. It sounds like you had a horrible cab ride. Yeah, this
4: was leaving Disney World a few years ago. It was about four years ago, and it was one of those taxi rides that you hope you never have but yes. the guy kept falling asleep and That's so terrifying. I had a two year old and a four year old in the back seat and I was pregnant and you think you're gonna die at any oh. moment because he's swerving all over the road and you know you're leaving Disney World and you just expect that the taxi drivers are gonna be as great as your whole week was. Yeah. You know, Disney has no control over that, but you think they do and it was horrible. So when we went, as we were pulling up to the airport One of my children got sick in the back seat. Yeah. That's a nice little tip.
0: (laughs) Mary, thank you for your phone call. 866-33-SISTER. Wow, that's a bad cab ride. Yeah, it is. One thing to be in it with the bad cab driver alone, but with, like, your whole family. Yeah. Woo! I guess the answer to that is the Magic Express, (laughs) Liam. That's true are Disney World. All right, more civility challenges. I have a doozy. Oh, you I got, do. I got one. Can't
1: list. wait, Lynn. Satellite Sisters, and honestly, we are trying as hard as we can. It's Wednesday, so it's civility challenge time here at Satellite Sisters. And remember, sisters, at the beginning of the year, we asked Dr. P.M. Forney for his words of advice, like what could we carry with us through the whole year? And what did he say? He said there were three things that we needed to try to be in 2007. We needed to be calm, strong, and kind. Mm -hmm. And that if you could pull off all three of those things simultaneously, simultaneously that was civility. Okay. And we're at the end of month 2 now.
2: Two, mu- <laughs> yeah. two months in to uh, 2007. Liz, I think I was strong, calm and kind. In taxi taxi. Maybe I, it too kind. Like it. I I didn't say get let me out now, you yeah. know, and I I said thank you at the end, but <laughs> No tip. No tipping. (laughs) No tip for you, Taxi Taxi. No tip for you, but I wasn't, I didn't say that was the worst taxi ride of my life. Yeah. I I just. Okay, well, I guess Dr. Forney would approve of that. So
1: we've got our challenges. We know you do, too. Our number is 866-33-SISTER, 866-337-4783. Leanne, I understand you're facing one. Yeah,
0: here's one I've really been struggling with for a while. It's been been an issue for me, and I don't know how to deal with it. So I'm going to ask you guys, and if I don't like your answer, I'm going to ask Dr. Forney next week. (laughs) Okay, you remember, like in October, I told you that my son was getting bullied at school. He was getting teased, my sixth Mm -hmm. grader. Yes. And there were three kids that were... Leading the charge. They were mm-hmm. making fun of his voice because he has a high voice that hasn't changed yet. Okay, poor Which you thing. enjoy as his mom. But it was really upsetting to him. And I went to the school and the school handled it very quickly. So did the teasing stop? Not 100%, but it wasn't as bad. Uh-huh. And at that point, my son's like, please don't go to the school again. And I didn't. So I never talked to the parents of the kids involved because the school handled it directly with the children. And I was satisfied. Okay, flash forward to about a month ago. We're in a, 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 a city council race now, okay? A wide open city council race. We have six candidates now going for it. Mm-hmm. So I actually get an email message from somebody at the school. They'd like me to come to a signing for one of the council members, like a meet and greet, and sign his petition to run. It's the father of one of the kids that's bullied my son.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. So this could be your opportunity to face him, face down. him down.
0: You know, but again, I, I'm like, the school handled it. I really don't know this guy at all. He's not been a big presence at school. So, and the boy's in a different grade. So I do decline the signing. I'm like, You decide I, to
1: rise above it, though. I said I mm-hmm. cannot,
0: I, I can't support him. So I didn't say that. I said I can't make the signing. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. That Now, two weeks ago, he's officially a candidate and everything. Knock, knock, knock on my door. Hi, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm so-and-so. And there he is, standing at my front door. Mr. Bully? The father of the bully. The father of the bully. And what do I do, Liz? Do I do anything? I really thought, in that moment, what would Dr. Forney do? Mm-hmm. And I just let him talk and talk and talk. And he mentioned, my kids go to this school. I didn't say a word. I pretended I had no idea who he was.
2: Yeah, I think that was the right thing to do. You I mean, what? I don't think it was the time to bring up. His son's bullying.
0: You know what, though, Monica? It started to kind of eat at me after I shut the door, and I'm like... Because
2: you felt like it was a weak.
0: Well, that I was just, your opportunity, and... Not to confront him, but just to disclose. Like, I didn't even want to start talking about the school issues and everything, because I thought, I'm going to go there, but maybe that, that was not... Honest of me Maybe mm-hmm. I should have been More honest with him Like oh yeah I know who you are And yes We're in school together I don't like
1: your son <laughs> Okay But then I don't think you needed To disclose that In that moment Leah. Okay But then I'm he, with Monica Okay
0: But here's what happened then I start getting The campaign literature Uh huh And I also happen to know That these guys This family is divorced I right. have known the wife For a very long time We were in a mommy and me class When our second kids Were a little young So I know they split About five years ago I don't care if he's a divorced dad running for city council, could care less. That's fine. I know he's trying to prove he's got kids and invest in the town, but there on his campaign literature is like a five-year-old Christmas card photo of the whole family together, including his ex-wife.
1: Oh.
3: That's, okay, that's dishonest. It's
0: dishonest, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think that's slightly, it's put there to design, for a response. Right. Like, look it's at put me. there to deceive And that, and you know, you're a dad and you have kids in the schools. Great. That's, that I think is information. But there was just something about the five year old photo. I thought, you didn't even get a fresh photo. So I'm not sure that the wife's, the ex wife's on board with this. Because, again, now I know what the kids look like. It's an old photo. So I'm riled up now, and I think, you know, the next time he comes to the You're door. You're not just
1: looking for things to ding him on, Leon. at you this know, point? No, it's You're just. You're looking for
0: flaws? No. I mean, I thought that was kind of deceptive. Right. It really struck me as, And like, Leon has to make her decision somehow. Right. It's, about
2: whether he should be on the city council. We have a
0: wide open city council race with a lot of important issues, Liz. I got a lot of pressure because, seriously, they're knocking on this weekend. They knocked on my door like every single candidate knocked on my door this weekend. wow i kid you not six candidates so i decide if he knocks on my door again i'm going to tell him exactly why i'm not voting for him right okay and that's because his son is a bully no one reason i just said personally that's hard and two the deceptive campaign literature here's here's what i know about you and neither things make me think great candidate yeah let's put him Mm -hmm. on you know i don't know what's happening at home but if your son's picking on other kids maybe you should tend to that that's my feeling. okay oh, okay no, that, feeling. that part of it seems a little
1: harsh to me I know not that, to vote for someone because his son is a bully it
0: does well you know what if your son was crying at your feet you probably wouldn't think that. that's he maybe was that's really, true really, really really mean to my son so yeah. I don't really of all I have excellent candidates to choose from including the guy that owns the rib joint and so <laughs> I Don't see why I should have to vote for the bully's dad. Okay, so this weekend, I got all the candidates. They're they're showing up at my door. They're knocking on my door. Are you some kind of swing vote in the neighborhood? (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is, Liz? I'm the only one without a sign. On the front. Oh. Almost so all. So you look they, wide open. Almost all of our other neighbors have declared who they're voting for, and we are just supporting the library's Measure C. That's all <laughs> we've declared. Do you think
1: there could be some awareness you also have a nationally syndicated radio show? No, I no. don't think okay. so. I, I don't
0: think that's what it is. So, again, here he comes up the front. I open the door. It's someone from this guy's candidate can, campaign. It's his campaign manager. Yeah. And the son. The bully. The bully. Wow. That's quite a combo, Leah. Standing at the front door. So I think now Dr. Forty would be proud of me because I am not deciding to not actually voice my opinions to the campaign manager. And the son introduces himself, and I did have one small moment of triumph over youth (laughs) when I said, yes, I know who you are. I'm Brooks' mom. And there was oh. just a flash of fear in this young child. And that made you happy?
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, so that's what you that really wanted? <laughs>
1: just, it was all about that, <laughs> really, wasn't you it? Know,
0: I, maybe that was awful. But again, I felt like that's who I am, and you should know that's who I am. So and that's
2: why I'm not voting for your dad.
0: but so you can go home that. and
2: tell him that. <laughs> Leanne, but you didn't mention to the campaign manager or the son about the deceptive campaign no, material. No, because
0: the son was there Right, and that I was a,
2: a good choice. I think that real, was yeah, okay. being uh, kind yes. out of the Thank strong, you. calm, and kind. That Thank was the you. kind gesture.
0: Thank you. And again, if your child has ever been bullied, you just want to you want to have your moment face-to-face with the bully, you know? Yeah. Because I know he's in seventh grade. He's 13. He knows what he was doing. You know yeah. what I mean? He knew it. Well, if he
1: didn't know then, he knows now. He knows I'm now. I'm sure you gave him the lean stare. <laughs> We've all gotten that look, haven't we, Monica? <laughs> the stink eye. The, the don't mess with me stink eye. Yeah. Exactly.
3: <laughs> so.
1: If you're in seventh grade, that would terrify you. <laughs>
3: it
0: just... He didn't know what to say after that. His lines and the campaign manager kept pressing me, and then I got yet another phone call from the campaign by the by, like asking me once again... Well, I don't think you should vote for them because they're badgering. (laughs) Is that a a charge? (laughs) Because... But I am kind of wondering. I said to my husband, you know what? If they call again, and I'm sure they will because the election's in a week, so there's still time. I said, I am going to tell them. Because it's the combo of the personal, Mm -hmm. but also the campaign literature. That bugs me. Yeah. You know, you begin to wonder what else isn't true right i mean well i think
1: that's legit
0: yeah that <laughs> but you think
1: i went a step too far by no introducing no myself no i, I think it's okay minutes. to introduce yourself i'm not sure that not voting for the father because you don't like the son it seems it's
0: not the, so much that it's it does make me wonder what's happening at home okay. I, I just think you know bullies are acting out about something
1: Okay, that's your right as a voter, Liam. Yes, it is. That's the democratic process (laughs) at work. People can make their voting decisions based on really flimsy basis, things that really have nothing to do with how you would serve the community. That's, that's your right. <laughs> okay, all right. Our number is 866 sister eight six six three three seven forty seven eighty three. If you've ever been faced with anything like that like Leon's current dilemma let us know what you did. There's one more question I wanted to ask that oh. I want to get everyone's point of view on. What do you do? This is the time of year we're frequently in a workspace and I've been doing this to all of you this week. This is why I ask. You're trapped next to someone or near someone who is coughing and sneezing, and you just want to say, couldn't you please stay home? Have you ever actually said that to someone? Do you think you have the right to say that to someone? because I ask myself that all the time. And I would have been happy if you guys had told me to go home earlier in the week. But I <laughs> am feeling I better now. Now I have enough. a cold list. Thank you. <laughs> so if you've ever faced that the, you know, cubicle germs, give us a call 866-33 sister. How did you handle that nicely with civility? 866-337-4783.
0: We're the Satellite Sisters.
1: Satellite Sisters, and I have a civility challenge for you. If you have a coworker who is coughing and sneezing all over you, I've always wondered, do you have a right to say to them, you know what? You should really stay home when you're this sick. I mean, we know a lot about how germs get passed from person to person <laughs> now. And I know when you're with our sister Sheila, she just holds up a shield of antibacterial <laughs> wipes. I'm not sure if that works. Anyway, have you ever taken the law into your own hands with that kind of thing? Our number is 866-33-SISTER, 866-337-4783. But first Leon, okay, reluctantly, I will admit you are getting support for your position that it's okay to terrify the 7th grade.
0: That was not my position. Barbara from Oklahoma, that was not my position, was it?
4: No, it wasn't. You didn't terrify him. You just let him know who you are. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you, Barbara. I think you did a wonderful job. Dr. Forney should be proud of you.
0: Oh, Barbara, thank you so much, because <laughs> it would have been easy to really let loose on that oh, kid. Oh,
4: yeah, I raised the boy. It would have been so easy, so easy to, to let go more than you did and... Uh, Dr. Corney
0: should be proud. Oh, Barbara, thank you so much. That means a lot to me, Barbara. Thank, thank
1: you, you for your call, Barbara. <laughs> it is true. I think, Barbara, you'd be particularly impressed if you knew Leanne as well as we do. You know, <laughs> I know that she was able to hold I know top. you know Leanne, but, these, you know, yes, I think it's even more impressive when you take her entire life history into account. So, Monica, you're, you're a nurse. Have you ever said to a coworker, don't come to work when you're this sick, or please stop sneezing on me, or what do you do when somebody is around who's
2: obviously sick and has the potential to infect you? You know what? This is, well, first of all, frequent hand-washing. Okay. All right. (laughs) Frequent hand-washing for yourself. Um, This is what I used to do. You know, because I worked in a big office, a lot of people, a lot of cubicles, you know what, I would just gently suggest that they go home and kind Mm -hmm. of offer to do their work for them. Sometimes that's all someone needs. You come to the office, you feel really, really lousy, but there's like a big project or a big deadline and you feel like you're going to let your coworkers down or they're going to think you're a wimp if you don't come to work. I think if you tell them they look really sick.
3: <laughs> right? Okay. You know, but
2: you do it in a way that's like, you you really don't look good. You should go home. Almost well, you are
1: a trained diagnostician. No, so but because almost... Because you are almost,
2: a, an RN. Almost always they take the bait, and they say, yeah, I do feel really lousy. I think sometimes coworkers, they just need reassurance that, you know what, we'll cover for you. Yeah, Don't worry about it. You look terrible, but really, you know... You're kind of trying to save your own skin, too, because you know they're going to make you sick if you have to work with them, and you have to get in a cubicle together and sit down and work on a project together. So I think offering to do their work, offering to cover for them is the best thing you can do. I think that is a totally civil
1: and appropriate response. Mm -hmm. I'm impressed, Monica. Yeah, Monica. Well, there's a reason you always win the Civility
3: Challenge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, people used to do the same thing to me, too. Really? I mean, I used to go to work when I had a cold and probably shouldn't have been there, and, you know, I just remember the times the people I worked with in my group would say, you know what, you look lousy, I'm sure you feel lousy, just go home, we'll take care of it, don't worry about it.
0: All right, Melinda has has kind of a different approach. Melinda, what do you think?
4: I say tell them.
0: Okay, tell them what, though?
4: Tell them to either leave the area where you are, or... Mm -hmm. You know, it, just let them know about the germs they're spreading when they cough. <laughs> my husband at home, I was just saying that i he has to leave the room if he starts coughing.
0: <laughs> way to go, Melinda. That's the way because, to run your ship.
4: That, well, my kids get sick very easily. They have compromised immune systems.
3: Uh-huh.
4: So I'm very aware of how easily germs attach themselves to unsuspecting people. <laughs> <laughs> right. And when you cough, you know, the droplets, which is gross, but they really travel quite a distance.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs>
1: Melinda, And you're training your husband. Good for you, Melinda. So,
0: Melinda from Papano Beach, Florida, taking the hard line. Just tell them, hey, you could be making people sick. To get out of your space. Tell them to get out of your space. That's one way to go. All right. Carol in Michigan used to manage an office. So, Carol, you used to manage an office. How did you handle this?
5: Well, I used to give my pre-cold flu season speech. To my managers every year and uh, talk about how important it was to stay home and use your sick leave if you became ill because to bring the infection into the workplace wasn't appreciated. But I would start that monologue way before cold and flu season so I wasn't put in the position to single anybody out mm-hmm. and then discuss it through the whole season. Um, if people would take a day off, I'd always check in when they came back to see how they were feeling and thank them for staying home while they were ill. Carol, you sound like the best manager ever.
0: I, I am. All right. Way to go, Carol. Miss Carol managed our
1: office. <laughs> Carol, you deserve some sort of special civility citation. If Dr. Forney would hear, was here, he would tell you that. But you'll just have to take it from your satellite, sisters. That I like the macro approach yes. with the support of the personal care. And
0: the follow-up. Yeah, That's yeah. That's incredible. Thank you for staying home. It when, is. When, when is. did a boss
1: ever say that to you? Unbelievable. Carol,
0: huh. Wow, Carol, Monica, putting us all to shame. And Melinda, you gotta appreciate the hard line. That's all
1: I
3: have to say. I
0: think you have to appreciate the hard line. All right, Dr. Forty, we'll be back next week with the civility challenge. So please, if you are seeing challenges in your old life, in your own life, you can go ahead and email us at satellitesisters.com. We're the Satellite Sisters.
1: Yeah, we are tackling the world one cup of coffee at a time. We are so happy to be with you here on the last day of February. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Los Angeles with my sister, Leanne. How are you, Leanne? Ready to go, Liz. <laughs> ready to go. Oh, wow. That's I'm
2: always good to ready hear. To go. Ready to go. <laughs> All right. And, Monica, how about you? Ready to go? Oh, ready to go, Liz. <laughs> ready to just finish out the month strong
3: here in Portland. This
2: is
1: it. We're wrapping up February. I know later on in the show, Monica, we'll, we'll have your
2: patented, believe it or not, news quiz. Yes, my news quiz, uh, we're going to bring you three weird news stories, two are true, and one I made up, and you have to guess which one I made up. Okay, Do it's you wanna, a new
0: day. New day. Normally, believe it or not, was on Thursday. Oh, that's right. But now it's on Wednesday. Right. Okay, just right. want to update people. Cozy Couch is on Thursday. Right. Lab Rats, don't worry, fans, Lab Rats still on Friday.
1: Always on Friday. Do you want to give us any hint, Monica? Believe it or not, always has a theme. Well, Would you, you like know, to get Leon and I started
2: on what the theme could be? Well, all I'll say is weird news happens every day. So it didn't matter that I had to change my day for Believe It or Not. Let's see the theme. Mm, It's food related.
1: Oh, good. Oh. Oh, okay. Food related. Well, that's interesting. We have a whole series of food stories we wanted to bring to you today. Can I just say, I know we like to honor important Americans who have passed on, people that have changed our lives in some way. We made a big deal a couple weeks ago. Do you remember when the actor who starred in the Grey Poupon ads died? Yes. We just felt like he... It was he, sad. It was sad because it's just something you remember. He certainly made his mark on us. I know icon. he was Yeah, he was an icon. He was also in all these plays and movies and things, but <laughs> it was the Grey Poupon commercial that really had an impact on us. Well, I was thinking of him this morning, Monica, when I saw the news
2: About the Keebler Elf? Yeah, that's right, Liz. I saw that. Walker Edmiston. He was the voice of Ernie, the Keebler Elf. He passed away in Los Angeles this weekend. It's very sad.
1: Let's remember what joy the Keebler Elf brought to our lives. So
0: if you're looking for fun, new mini middles, the bite-sized surprise from Keebler.
4: I can't remember when we've been this excited.
1: Oh, there he is. See, don't you miss
2: him already, yeah, Liz? Yeah, no, I
3: know. <laughs> I guess I do, Liz. <laughs> but
2: you know what, Liz? He had a very long career in, yeah. uh, in uh, television and in cartoons, I guess. He voiced a lot of characters on some show created by Sid and Marty Croft. Right. And then he was on H&R Puff and Stuff he was yeah, he HR, 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 HR whatever. H and R. It's H Block. Yeah, and HR Puffin. All right, HR Puffin, H&R and H&R Puffin stuff. <laughs> stuff. I just did a little Sheila there on you, uh, but he was also in some TV series. He was in Gunsmoke, Mission Impossible, and The Dukes of Hazzard.
3: Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
2: but he was Doctor Blinky and
1: Orson the Vulture on HR Puffin Stuff, hmm. and on The Buggaloos, he was Sparky the Firefly. Oh, uh, uh, that was a good show. So that's a rich, full life. Walker Edmondson, your satellite sister, salute you. All
0: right, well, I had a little uh, food dilemma yesterday. Did a little grocery shopping anthropology because I, I, really? <laughs> I had a mystery that I had to uncover. Okay, here's the backstory I was um, making dinner to take to a friend who recently had an operation. So um, I signed up to bring Mission of mercy. That's right. But everybody in the class is bringing dinner one night for the next month. And I always sign up for that because when I was on bed rest with my youngest son, Colin, people showed up at the door and brought me food. It's mm-hmm. the most miraculous thing ever. <laughs> right, <Riley laughs> And
2: I was there at your house when you got that pork roast from I, your neighbor. It I was, know. You
0: and started to cry. I did. It was the most beautiful thing ever, <laughs> that pork roast. And so that's what I do. When something happens and the call goes out, sign me up. I've got the meal. You know, because I figure most people, by the time I'm involved, they've had enough casseroles. Like, they can't take any more casseroles, which are delicious and delightful. But I make the butternut squash soup, roasted butternut squash soup with red peppers. Then I make a lovely chicken salad, because that's what our mother taught us. Yes. And then I always make a vegetarian offering, because we have a lot of vegetarians. In the neighborhood. Yeah. (laughs) I I bought in California in general. I see. Okay. So, I was making the lovely chicken salad yesterday, and I thought... This mayonnaise looks a little weird. and so I <laughs> Say was, that again? The mayonnaise, the mayonnaise looked a little weird. Oh, Liz. okay. I was a little concerned, and I thought, is it bad mayonnaise? Oh, my gosh, I've just mixed it into all the chicken I just cooked. Oh, cut. no. Now what do I do? Yeah. And so I voiced that out loud, and then my 11-year-old went, oh, Yeah, that tuna fish you made for lunch today, Mom, it was weird. It was all yellow and green. I was like, well, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> So, I but, he, but he ate it anyway. No, he <laughs> threw it away. He threw it away. Oh, and he lived to tell. <laughs> so, oh, I, you're a lian, good mom. I looked <laughs> at the label, and it was, I, I somehow I managed, even though I am the consummate grocery shopper, to buy eggless mayonnaise. Oh. Eggless mayonnaise. You know, I make mistakes like that all the time because I am
1: not the consummate grocery shopper. I don't care. I blow through there. It's just, I'm not really paying attention. But you, Leanne, you pride yourself on the mastery of the grocery aisle.
0: It's unbelievable. And uh, first of all, what is in mayonnaise if it's eggless? I <laughs> mean, because mayonnaise... Probably some soy suspension or yum. oil yeah. or... <laughs> I know. the whole, Well, if would, you don't like eggs... And you need mayonnaise. I know, I guess. But at that point, wouldn't you just move on to cream cheese? I mean, doesn't that really kind of solve the same (laughs) bonding issue? So I thought, first, immediately, what am I going to do? Because the chicken salad's a little yellow and that just looks unappealing. Yeah. So you know what I always do. I just top it with some sour cream. I just mix the sour cream right in there and it neutralized the yellow mayonnaise. But then I thought, how how did I buy this? How did this happen? So You I, really cared that much about how the mistake was made? Yes, Liz, oh. I did. Because I, again, I'm a good grocery shopper. So I took my mind back and I remembered the moment when I reached and it was in a furor for the wrong mayonnaise because I was holiday. Did someone create a diversion in the aisle? Is Here, that it? Here's it I was holiday grocery shopping and. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. If you're the grocery shopper in the family, okay, don't ever go shopping on the holidays like a Monday off, like a national holiday, because that's a disaster list. In what way? You I don't what, understand. You know who comes to the grocery store on national holidays? People like me. No, yeah, and like <laughs> people like you. People that you usually don't shop. Right. Go, and come up the aisles. They're gummy, husbands, okay? Oh, husbands. Have you seen them? Have you seen them walking down the aisles of grocery stores? It's like they can't get over how much food there is in a grocery store. Honestly. I mean, gay men, you can shop. Come any time. Other men, not very good at the shopping. So I remember that particular day, like lots of wives... Whose husbands happened to be along in the car, and they were just wandering around with their free sample of coffee, looking at all the food products like they had never <laughs> seen food before. <laughs> and that just makes... and they just stand there, and you're there with the cart, and you're like, "I have to grocery shop." You're on a mission of mercy. So uh, then I and then I remembered, oh yeah, and then there was that family at the free sample table, okay. Okay, here's what the mother did. First of all, again, they looked like a very wealthy family, so I believe the household help mainly did the grocery shopping for them. So they were unfamiliar with the terrain? Yeah, at that point, here's what you're supposed to do. Family, just in case you're listening, just send in one representative, and, Dad, you take the kids to Starbucks, okay? You (laughs) all don't need to come into the little Trader Joe's that has extra small aisles and gum up the free sample area. I mean, it's free samples, okay? So they have coffee there. There's always some sort of, you know, pizza they're cooking up or whatever, and juice. And I saw the mother, I kid you not, okay, it's got the three kids, the father, again, just standing there. They're all eating. All their hands are full. Who's going to push the cart, Liz? And this is what the mother says to the free sample woman. Could you get some cheese for the baby? Do you have any string cheese?
3: (laughs) It's the free sample area. What did she think that was? I don't know. (laughs) A fast food
0: outlet? A Trader Joe's? I just... And you know what the woman did? She went over and she opened some string cheese and brought it back. And I'm like, have you never been to a grocery (laughs) store? And that is exactly the moment. When I reached for the eggless mayonnaise. Oh, I see. Because I just had to get out of there. The the husbands coming up the aisles and the families and, you know, having a three-course meal. And then, of course, short-order samples. Unbelievable. Do you have <laughs> any string cheese? <laughs> Please. So that's okay, it. Okay, well, I'm glad you found people
1: to blame this on I Leanne. know. Be- that it wasn't as simple as just you making a poor choice no. in the grocery no. store.
0: Because that cannot happen? Because there was a lot of just reaching in and taking stuff. Like I couldn't, they wouldn't get out of the way. So I had to just reach in and feel around for my normal groceries. Mm-hmm. So that's, who mystery solved. How did the chicken salad come out? Delish. You okay. know, delish. <laughs> it's just a, it's a feel. I put in like the candied walnuts and the cut up apples and the celery, Little bit of rosemary, that that sour cream just really covered up the yellow egglish mayonnaise. <laughs> you wouldn't even you wouldn't even notice it. <laughs> I and guess, I have that's a... <laughs> good. So in case there was any
1: cholesterol deficit, you made up for that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: Yeah. It's hey, I said, any dietary restrictions, I always ask before oh, I bring yeah, the meal over. Mm -hmm. So I knew Liz, there were no dietary restrictions. I'd already checked on that. (laughs) All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. We have more food talk. Okay, five foods, sisters, five foods that women cannot do without. Is it blueberries again? It's not Eggless (laughs) Mayonnaise. I'll tell you that. (laughs) We're the Satellite Sisters.
1: I am Liz Dolan here with my sisters Monica Dolan and Leanne Dolan and Monica Leanne is here brandishing a copy of Health Magazine. It's <laughs> always a little scary. She comes in with news we're supposed to use from Health Magazine. I like
0: Health Magazine. Though. I know you do. do you get it? I got, do not get it. It's just a, tu- it's a touch of everything I like to think about but don't always practice. You know, <laughs> it's nutrition, it's sort of mental health issues. There's always a lot of stories about soothing massages and candles. Yes. And I, I enjoy the mix. You know, there's usually maybe one fashion story, but not a lot. Not a lot of that. It's called healthy fashion. And
2: sometimes just lying back on the couch, flipping through a magazine like that makes you feel healthy. It does. (laughs) It makes you feel like, oh,
0: yeah, I'm going to get up off on the right foot now that I'm reading health magazine. Well, the the March issue is about me time, me, me time. And, you know, 15 minutes of health magazine. That's me time. Yeah, my me time.
1: Sounds very cozy couch Uh, when you put it that
0: way. So I came across (laughs) the top. No, it's a little bit more substantial than what Sheila likes to tackle. There's actual information in here, oh, list, okay. and there's no shards of peppermint in any of the articles in <laughs> Health Magazine. I thought
1: that was a miracle food. No.
0: <laughs> All right. Top five foods for women. Okay. Superfood. Who doesn't like superfood? Can news? we guess? Okay. Go ahead, Monica. Tickie Blueberries? Berries. No. Not in this particular list. Dark, Dark chocolate? S- no. Oh. Salmon? Fish. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll Number we'll... four on the list, fish. Okay. Fish twice a week could reduce the risk of heart disease. So there you go. Uh Nuts. Okay, uh, walnuts in particular. Mm. Oh. Have you noticed the, uh, the oncoming popularity of walnuts? Yes. You know, didn't, wasn't it like almonds? Weren't we on that band? Yes, we were last ago? year. Right. Yeah. No, the walnut is the new almond, Liz, because I noticed in Dr. Oz's book, he's a big believer in the walnut. He's too. about the walnut? Yeah. And I noticed he keeps his nuts cold. Did you read that part? He no. Keeps, he keeps
1: refrigerated <laughs> bags of nuts in his office. And that he just likes them cold. He thinks that they taste better cold. They're more satisfying, he says.
0: Oh, okay. So just FYI. Well, here's the thing. Nuts are rich in omega-3s, which help reduce inflammation. Yeah. Oh, just all over inflammation. Just full-body inflammation. You know how you have that sometimes? <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I do, Lynn. Here's the thing with walnuts, though. If you actually read the label and stuff, it's just a quarter cup. you're supposed to have see that's why you can't buy them and have them
1: in
2: the home no because when would you ever only eat a quarter cup which is like eight nuts Mm -hmm. yeah but they're so satisfying if you do if you can stick to just the five or eight nuts (laughs) they really satisfy you okay five nuts
0: (laughs) i I can i can stick to that you can do that
2: for an hour Okay, and then so, I go back in the nut bin. Then right, we have five more. See, right. yeah,
0: yeah. That's I think I think you have to like immediately bag them when you get them home in the big bag, and then uh, count out your eight nuts in each bag. But anyway, walnuts are on the list. Fish, cranberries is mm-hmm. the berry oh. of choice. Cranberries
1: here. the new blueberry?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's the old blueberry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That was the pre-blueberry berry.
0: Right. So you know it protects against your UTIs. Yes, that's actually true. And then oh, that's
1: actually true. I know everybody believes it, but I always assumed it's one of those things that was not true.
0: It's actually tr- it's in okay. Health Magazine okay. Lance. again, not in For Me or You or any of those magazine. Shiller it's <laughs> First, <in health. laughs> okay, Adela, have you tried the unsweetened cranberry juice that's out? It's I- awful. Sounds- I can't
2: stand it. I know that cranberry juice, regular cranberry juice is full of sugar, and that's what I like. I cannot stand the unsweetened. <laughs> I, I buy the, the Crayon Light, the, the stuff oh. with the Splenda in it. I think that's good. Oh, I think I don't. That's I just- why when you offered it to me the other day, at your house, loose, I didn't take it. I, I can't stand that stuff.
0: All right. Well, I, I enjoy sugar. it. Okay, all right. Well, it also helps fend off colds and fight stomach bugs, gum disease, and certain types of cancer. Wow, that's a superfood. Okay, beans. Okay, beans. Okay, I hate beans. beans. Like what kind of beans? Well, all all your beans, like Legumes. You, yeah, kidney, <laughs> garbanzo beans, black oh, okay. beans, that kind of thing. Okay. And you have to of course not get the ones with like the good ones, not the refried ones. Those no. don't those don't work cuz they have the super mag- salty Yeah, magnesium, potassium, folate, and fiber. But here's the deal. You have to eat a half a cup five to six times a week. That's a lot of beans.
2: <laughs> I mean, isn't it? That does seem it's like beans every day. That's yeah, almost that every beans, day. That's a serving every day. Yeah. What can we have well,
1: instead of beans? Well, I don't. No you don't know. beans are beans. what you <laughs> have
0: instead of rice. Beans are the instead. I list. see.
1: I see. Okay. All right.
0: And then the number five food on the list, also big in Dr. Oz's book. Ben you and Jerry's don't. ice cream. That sadly no, <laughs> unless uh, they have a tomato flavor, because it's tomatoes. Oh, oh yeah, that's good for me because
1: tomatoes. I
2: love
0: tomatoes in all forms. Yeah. So there you go. One. That
1: has something in it that all of a sudden everybody says is really good for you, like selenium or something? Lycopene. Lycopene, that's
0: what it is. Okay. Yeah, 50% lower risk of developing breast cancer if you have a lycopene rich diet. So there you go. Five superfoods cranberries, walnuts, beans, fish, tomatoes. Check it out. This month's Health Magazine. Just passing along some information. Thank you, Leah. All right, we are going to get to uh, the eight year old in England. Weighs over 200 pounds. What do you think should be done in a case like that? Should a kid be taken away from his parents, or should his parents get a chance to get him on a healthier track? 866 33 Sister. Give us a call. Oh, oh, oh.
6: from high school Married their high school boyfriends Moved into high school
1: Sisters, And don't forget, if you're ever away from your radio but still want to have your sisters with you, you can just go to SatelliteSisters.com. You can listen live at our website, or you can download what we're calling Podlight, the Satellite Sisters podcast. So your Podlight sisters are always there for you. And if you want to send us an email, just go to SatelliteSisters.com, and you can do that there. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here with my sisters, Leanne Dolan and Monica Dolan. We want your opinion of what do you think about the that 200- Boy in the UK. Should he be taken away from his parents, or if you were his parent, what would you do? But first, Monica, we were just joking about turning to the Mayo Clinic
2: for information about mayonnaise. I know this, and it is so funny because we just got an email. Direct from the Mayo Clinic. <laughs> See? And the email is about mayonnaise, okay? It's from our friend Mary. She's a study coordinator. She works at the Mayo Clinic. Um, she might be studying mayonnaise. I, we don't know. But she says technically, you know, it's not mayonnaise without an egg.
1: See, mm. we, we knew the Mayo Clinic would know the answer to that. <laughs> yes. Right.
2: But she did find a recipe for us for eggless mayonnaise mm-hmm. in case we were interested in it. And it's using, like, egg beaters or egg replacers or... Water, vinegar, mustard, oil. But uh, it was
0: just great. Mayo Clinic responded. That's that's good. Got all the answers for mayonnaise. They're doing some important work there at the Mayonnaise Clinic. And, Mary, (laughs) let me just say, I don't ever want eggless mayonnaise to cross my door again. (laughs) So thank you for the recipe. But I I just am interested in full egg mayonnaise only. So any
1: other mayo information you have at the Mayo Clinic, (laughs) you can send that along. Like, Full-size, full-strength, full-cholesterol mayonnaise.
0: All right, well, Liz, we're joking about all that, full-size, full-strength, full-cholesterol. But one of the more captivating news stories of the week has been the story of the 8-year-old boy in England who weighs two hundred and eight, 218 pounds. Okay. And British authorities have debated, after seeing him on TV, whether um, they should take him away from his mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, have you seen the videotape of him? I okay. have I've seen pictures of him, Leah. It just really breaks your heart, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Because here he is, first of all, he's eight years old and he's five feet tall. So that's very big. So he's big. a big
1: kid no matter what. That's
0: a big that's a big tall kid. And two hundred and eighteen pounds is really big for a five foot person, yeah. especially for an eight year old kid. And you know it's just gonna be a lifetime of health problems. Mm-hmm. But his mom says he came out of the womb hungry. Like, the minute he was born, he was hungry, and he eats every 20 minutes a day. A documentary film crew followed him around for a month, and it really appalled England when they saw what he was eating, because it's not just that he eats 20 minutes a day. He's definitely making that. He eats every
1: 20 minutes?
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. He eats every 20 minutes, but he's definitely being allowed to eat food that is not healthy. You know, like four bags of chips every day, three bags of cookies, you -hmm. know, giant meals every day. So British officials said, now what should we do? Should we take him away from oh, his mom?
2: Like it's a form of child abuse right. almost. Right. And remember, Neglect.
0: we had that case earlier, like in 2000, 2001, there was a three-year-old girl in New Mexico who was, in fact, taken away from her parents. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten
1: about that. We she, did talk about she that She was at like the time.
0: 125 pounds or something, and she was three. And her parents said the same thing. Like, uh, we, she's been on a liquid diet. It's just, she's just getting bigger. And custody officials came in they suspected child abuse some kind of child abuse but that wasn't the case according to reports i read today she's 10 now and she's still big you know even though they could not solve the problem they could not solve the problem doctors are like what is going on with this girl because even if she's been on a tightly controlled diet and it hasn't worked so british officials this week decided not to take this 8-year-old boy, away from his mom. Well,
2: were they going to take him away and put him in foster care? You know, they were going to take
0: him away and hospitalize Uh. him is what they were going to do. And, Mm. you know, when you think about it, you can kind of say, yeah, that's what he should do. I mean, like, my immediate reaction was, he needs to just get out of his environment. Yeah, some sort of intervention. Right. Because
2: it's already a crisis. He's 8 years old and 218 pounds.
0: It is. It's a crisis, Monica. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's a health crisis, and you feel like he just needs to be taken out of his environment. He needs some serious medical care, something that his mom is not able to provide at home. But then, you know, I started to think about all the kids that I've seen in various play groups we've been in. Some, They're big eaters. Some kids just like to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know there are a lot of reasons for obesity and there are a lot of obese kids in America now and it's a huge health health problem. But I can remember two or three kids from different play groups. They were just different. There were the kids that ate a lot and were kind of chubby, but then there were the kids that their sole focus was eating. Really? You know, from the minute they were born. I remember one of the girls in my older son's play group, and nobody was more um, on top of nutrition than her mom. No one was, like, you know, more concerned about it. Right. And yet still, like, when all the other kids were playing, even at, like, 18 months old, she would just stand and wait at the snack table. Like, when <laughs> really? is it coming? I, I know. know. It's, that is sad. And it's sad. And then I have another friend, she and her husband, thin as rails and you know very healthy fit people again they have a daughter that just that was her focus from the minute that she came out and they have another daughter totally fine normal eating habits so i I don't know if there's anything going on in the house so i don't know what to do
1: i guess people naturally feel like the parents in this case the mother right They have to be responsible because they are in control of the access to food. That's true. So at the very least, if there were healthier choices in the house, you could solve part of the problem with that. And my understanding is they tried some medical interventions in the
0: past. They had set her up with appointments and things. Right. And she was kind of blowing off that kind of health. Right. I mean, he has lost 20 pounds, but he's still eating really rotten stuff. So I guess she's she has she has actually helped him lose some weight, but he's still eating three pounds of chips a day. So, you well, know, that's wrong. That is. Wrong. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no. that, that is wrong. And I, I that is wrong. So I don't know. But do you remove a kid from his home and put him in a hospital? Do you have the right to do that? It just doesn't seem like
1: that could possibly be the long-term solution to right. a situation like this. That there's obvious, there are medical issues at work and there are emotional issues at work. And somehow you have to deal with both of them simultaneously. And you're not going to help the emotional issues by removing him from his family.
0: Yeah, Unless I mean, his no family doctor. is emotionally abusing him. I right. mean, that's what they thought uh, in the case in New Mexico. That's what they thought, that this little girl was you know, that it, that she was suffering abuse and the eating was a response to that. But that was not, in fact, the case. All right, let's talk to Beth in Virginia. All right, Beth, when you hear about this case, what do you think about?
4: Well, I, I've not heard this in in the news about this little boy, but there's a um, a rare disease called Prater-Willi in which um, people have no uh, satiety um, or they have no sense of satiety, and so they just they just continually eat, um, and they can literally eat themselves to death. And um, a, a lot of times, these these folks are also have a, a little um, lower cognition uh, level. You know, they're uh, somewhat MR mentally retarded. Oh, really? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You know, it could, it could be the case with this little boy and, and that little girl in, in Mexico. Um, I, I don't know, but uh, it, it certainly is something that they should consider.
0: Right. Beth, thank you for your phone call. Eight six six thirty three sister Eight six six We're talking about the obese boy in England who is going to end up staying with his mom, but he's 218 pounds and he's 8 years old. I think Beth brings up there are re- a good point. There are real medical reasons here. Right, right. And I think we get fixated on these sort of super dramatic cases when the reality is this little boy may have something like what Beth's talking about. I've read about that, Prater Willie. Um, but most parents are just not doing a good job. Right. Uh, uh, most of the childhood obesity problem is, is just not that. bad eating habits
1: in the home and not enough and moving not, around. And
0: not enough exercise. So I think we sort of get focused on these extreme cases when the reality is, you know, we just have to work on the cases that are a lot more normal.
1: And all those bad foods he's eating, I bet most of England is eating those bad foods Every day, too. <laughs> you know, it's not like... Right. I mean, he may be eating more of all of this bad stuff, but there's just a lot of bad stuff in our diets that if you're eating a lot, it's particularly bad.
0: Right. Well, I, we're all getting bigger. Americans are getting bigger, and obesity has dramatically risen in England. In fact, yesterday, Liz, Prince Charles was, you know, talking about something. Who knows? I know, I know so how all. you enjoy his <laughs> point of view on things, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. He was in, uh, he was in Abu Dhabi talking... Talking about diabetes okay and he said the key to actually getting rid of diabetes is getting rid of McDonald's oh mm-hmm. how does he know I that know. Uh, come on Prince <laughs> Charles Please. You think he's been hating, hanging out a lot of Mickey D's yeah. in his life? Yeah, I mean, do you think he's ever been to McDonald's? No, <laughs> I don't think that's the actual key. You know why? Because this kid's eating bags of cookies, and I can tell you, Prince Charles, they don't sell bags of cookies at McDonald's. <laughs> I've been there. I have been there. All right, Carrie is calling from Minneapolis. Hey, Carrie, you're on with the Satellite Sisters. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. All right, so I was... you... go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no! Go, you,
5: yeah. go ahead. Well, you have a friend who has an eight-year-old son who's overweight. I do, and um, she's she's really kind of an outspoken person herself. But he's um, eight, and he might have been nine this year, but he's um, about 130 pounds.
0: Okay, that's And he's heavy.
5: always yeah, he's always been big, um, but recently he's been getting more and more health problems. He's got asthma, and um, you know, intestinal problems, and diabetes. And when the doctors, you know, tell her that, you know, she needs to put him on a diet, that the diets only last for a day or two, you know, and she takes that as an attack. She takes it as a personal attack from these doctors when they say that your son is, you know, morbidly obese. you And, and wow. it, there's just nothing. I, I feel so helpless, you know. I, there's nothing I can say to her, you know.
0: <laughs> she just gets, she takes it very personally and she, she doesn't respond in a way that's helpful well, to her son.
5: got She's got an excuse for it, you know. Everything. He's he's big because everybody, you know, he comes from uh, a bigger family, and um, you know, he just he he gets whatever he wants. He gets Burger King, you know, a couple times a week. You know, that's mm-hmm. his favorite restaurant. Even I know, like, if we go to a fast food restaurant, what he's gonna get. He, you know, he has his favorites. It's really pretty sad, but... I'm Carrie, would
0: you ever... I say. mean, you know, the question that they're facing in England is, should children be removed from their parents for something like this? I mean, I know I she's...
5: think that, like, in her case, the scared... You know, she needs to be scared. The, the parents need to be scared enough to realize that they're not doing something right.
0: Wow, you would think a, a diagnosis of diabetes for your 8-year-old would scare you. Would get your attention. <laughs>
5: you, well, yeah, you know, and, yeah. And she's obviously concerned about it, but it's like when I hear this story about the, the kid in England, it's like they need to start kind of doing something like that here because I know there's a lot of kids where if the parents don't do something and change something, you know, there's no getting better right that's Mm -hmm. i
0: think carrie that's what kind of breaks your heart about a lot of these stories is you know research has told us that kids eating habits up till the age of eight you know that sets their eating pattern for life and it just becomes increasingly difficult for them to actually lose weight you know if they're already overweight at age eight it is like dooming them for life but should the state state step in
1: See and then you get on the sliding scale of at what point then should right. the states step in.
0: Right. 86633 sister 8663374783.
1: Are the Satellite Sisters I'm Liz Dolan I'm here with my sisters Leanne Dolan And Monica Dolan our phone number is 866 33 Sister. That's 866 337 4783. Sorry, Lee, and I just looked at the CNN crawl, and they had a picture of Prince Charles, and it said, Off with their buns. That's exactly, it's exactly what we were talking about with kids and food and that kid in the UK. Or if you want to send us an email, just go to satellitesisters.com. Lee? All right,
0: let's try to get to these calls quickly. Let's talk to Susan in Phoenix. Hi Susan, you're an attorney who works for Child Protective Services.
6: Um, yes. Can I say first that I love you guys. I have three brothers and no sisters, so I want to be one of your sisters. Oh, uh-huh. Susan. Well, you are
1: Susan. That's what we're I here for.
6: Is. Yes. <laughs> thank you. But on a more serious note, um, not an official call on my uh, in my job perspective, okay. but just in the area that I work. You know, just from what I know, if they ruled out all the medical conditions of the child, then the mother's neglecting the child. Yeah. And if his life is at risk because of what he what is going on, then the child probably should be removed.
0: So it's if just it's, as bad as, say, physical abuse, something like this. Right. Whole- or if
6: the child, if, let's say he had cancer and she wasn't getting the appropriate treatment and his life was at imminent risk then you would need to get him that treatment. And if, you know, you have court intervention and they still won't do it, then you have to remove the child.
1: Hey, Susan, in a situation like that, this is Liz, where does the child actually go? Do they go into a foster family? Do they go into a hospital? How does that work if it was happening here in the States?
6: Right. Well, it would depend on, I mean, if he needed to be in a hospital, then that's where he would go. But if it was a matter of somebody, I mean, it's the same thing if they're malnourished and they're not being fed and then they'll put them in a foster home that's feeding them properly Mm -hmm. and then they gain a lot of weight within a short amount of time then you know that it's because of the parenting right so it would probably be in a foster home or maybe there's you know different levels of foster home that are more trained to deal with certain issues but if it you know i mean obviously he's he has some behavior issues that if you say no he's not gonna be happy about it but I just, you know, I'm a parent. He's only one years old, so it's probably easier to control. But I just can't imagine your eight year old. He can't get in the car and drive to Burger King. Right, mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. You do have that.
3: control
0: over that situation. All right, lawyer Susan and mom Susan. Excellent call, Susan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. That is true. Monica, they want her to put locks on the refrigerator there in England, and she won't do it, right? right.
2: She refuses to do it, and that's when she admitted that he still he, he eats like three or four bags of cookies a day.
0: I yeah. mean, Someone's if she, she buy the cookies, right. I
2: mean, if, if they told her to put locks on her refrigerator and to control his food
0: or they were going to take him away, then she should do that. All right. Let's go to quickly to Julie in Florida. All right, Julie, you have twin girls.
6: I have twin girls that were born preemie, four and four three, and the one that was smaller is actually now about twenty pounds heavier, and they're at age eleven.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, they eat exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I am in control of every meal, and one of them, you know, just can't help it. She she has a weight issue.
0: Right. Right.
6: So you know, n- Not obesity, but as a weight issue. Now, as far as this little boy, if, if there is a um, situation where they want to take him away and the mother doesn't agree with that, I, I, I'm on her side, except for the fact that if they want to help her, then let them help her without taking him away.
1: Right. All right, right. That seems like the civilized answer to that whole situation.
0: Julie, thank you so much for your call. If we didn't get to your call... Uh, you can email us, satellite sisters com. We'll follow up on email, satellite sisters.com.
3: Yeah,
1: come on over. We are your Satellite Sisters. It's great to be here with you. Our phone number is 866-33-SISTER. That's 866-337-4783. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in Los Angeles with my sister, Leanne. How are you doing today,
0: Leanne? I see you're snacking on a little South Beach diet. like, mmm, smells delish. Yeah, that would be the garlic herb chicken with green beans almondine, list. Very Thank nice.
1: Very, much. very
2: nice. <laughs> Monica, in Portland, you got anything going food-wise up there? Uh, I just had a handful of almonds, speaking of snacks, yeah. But I'll tell you, Liz, I'm missing that California sunshine. Really? Yeah, I was with you guys last weekend. Liz, thank you for all your hospitality. Oh, well. You, You hosted a very nice Oscar Fet, for yeah. me? Wow. <laughs> it
1: was just Monica and I and my friend Mary, so fet is a strong word for that situation. It was three of us in chairs in my living room watching the Oscars, but food and drink was provided. So right, I and that- I, was,
2: I was happy to be invited anywhere on Oscar night, so it was really fun <laughs> to be with you.
1: All right, well, I mentioned a couple of things on yesterday's show that I need to do some follow-up on. Okay. All right, sisters, this is Liz. I mentioned that, well, I kind of announced That on Saturday, I am leaving for the Middle East, which surprises me as much as it surprised anyone else. (laughs) But lucky me. And I said that I was going, that I would be reporting live from Jerusalem next week on Satellite Sisters. Well, okay, let's just start with that. I got an email from, signed just FG in Minneapolis. So FG says, girls, love the show. Love all the satellite shtick. Love everything you do, but can't take the way you pronounce Jerusalem, please see that it's an S, not a Z, hence Jerusalem, not Jerusalem. So, okay, fair enough. I think uh, Clearly, <laughs> okay. I was just, part of it, I'd like to say, is the nasal condition I was experiencing mm-hmm. yesterday. But thank you for that minor correction. I do appreciate Jerusalem. that. Jerusalem. That okay, fine. Makes total sense once it's pointed out to you, doesn't it? Check. We appreciate that. Any other corrections
0: you'd like to make? Just go to SatelliteSisters.com. Although we did have the Moscow-Moscow debate for years, which yeah. really was in Moscow. And she basically says, hey, you can say Moscow or Moscow. It was the BBC that made up Moscow. Right. It's not any more correct. correct. Correct than Moscow. Yeah, because the Russians don't call it
1: either of those two things. Yeah, it's It's Makba or something. (laughs) So, all right. If
0: you've been waiting to write us on that, that's the response, okay? (laughs) Either one's
1: fine. All right, and then on a more serious note, we got an email from Lana. Lana, thank you very much. She said... I heard your show today when you mentioned that one of the sisters will be traveling to Jerusalem soon. Uh, I'm not sure what the purpose of your trip is, but I would suggest that you take some time to visit some of the Palestinian refugee camps in the West Bank or Gaza. And Lana, I am going to do that. That is part of my plan. I'm a guest of an organization that has said I can go wherever I want, and whoever I want to meet, they're going to take me there to meet them. So I told them I would like to talk to women in Israel and in the Palestinian territories, because as long as I'm going to go, That's our goal here at Satellite Sisters is to understand how real women are living in all parts of the world. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to do a little, uh, you know, talking about that on next week's show or after I get back. That's right,
0: Liz. You're going to be reporting to kind of special reports next week. Yes,
1: because I'll be traveling around all day, but then with the time difference, I'll be able to get on the show in, you know, in bits and pieces. So, So thank you, Lana, and thank you, FG. So, okay, so that's so far the plan with my trip to the Middle East. But the reason I brought it up, mm-hmm. the reason why it was urgent, was that I've been suffering, as, as you may be able to tell if you are a careful listener, from some serious nasal congestion. Yeah. And I just wasn't sure what to do about it. I'm normally the wait it out sister. Sooner or later, it's going to clear itself up. It, it's never killed me before, and it's not going to kill me now. And so I just thought I would wait it out. However, when I thought about the very, very long plane ride I will be taking on Saturday. How long is it? Well, it's Los Angeles to Tel Aviv, I have to. No, I know. That seems like a long time. So I leave L.A. first thing in the morning. I get to Newark, New Jersey in the late afternoon. Then I'm getting on an L.L. flight in the evening, like 11 p.m., and I arrive in the afternoon of the next day. In Israel. But what the, I think it's like a 10-hour time difference. Anyway, you can do the math at home. It's a long fight. Particularly if you're, <laughs> if you're at the Mayo Clinic, if you'd like to figure that out and send us, in, <laughs> send us in the answer to that. So it's very long. So I was concerned, frankly, that my head was going to explode. Yes. That was our number one medical concern on satellite systems Yeah, yesterday. because it's
2: not a good thing to get on a long flight with a cold or a sinus infection. I know. It can really turn into something worse.
1: causes a lot of pain in your ears mm-hmm. and in your sinuses. So I I cannot thank you enough for the advice that has come in. Um, Chris from San Diego said, hi, Liz. Try the neti pot, Zycam, and a humidifier, not a vaporizer, while sleeping. And Chris also, this was so helpful. She gave me the retail outlets where all of these things are available. Wow. Okay, the Zycam I can get at Costco, Walgreens or Longs, the, the ultrasonic humidifier. That's also at Walgreens. I could go there. So thank you, Chris. That was helpful. Uh, Luann sent us the uh, website (laughs) netipot.org So because I had said Until last week I had never heard of a netipot in my entire life Now it seems like every time I turn on the radio or open a newspaper Somebody is telling me that that's the way to go I've never heard of a netipot What is it? I still don't know what it is Well, uh, go to netipot.org That'll answer any questions you have on that (laughs) Brooke from Biloxi in Biloxi, she uses airborne. She totally believes in it. She said she's a waitress and bartender. She's constantly not just exposed to other people's germs. She's, her word is immersed in other wow. people's germs. So, she, uh, so thank you, Brooke, for the airborne suggestion. Dawn uses liquid silver. She sprays mm. liquid silver into her nose and also takes it orally. I've never heard of that. I'll be looking into that, Dawn. <laughs> uh, Debbie uses something called alkalol, which is a nasal wash. But then she used, Debbie, I'm sorry, this is a very frightening phrase. And I'm not sure I'm going to be able to follow your advice because of this. She uses the phrase Nasal douche. Oh. And I know, I think that is essentially what a neti pot does. Okay. You know, you can picture it. Yeah, but... now I can. Okay. Yes, I can. Nasal douche. I'm moving on from that. Uh, Patty wrote to say that she, number one recommendation is remove sugar from your diet. She thinks that adds to all of these infections. <laughs> really? And, uh, yes, that it just creates an environment for yeast to grow. It's just bad. And then she also says, eat a lot of yogurt. And so, Patty, thank you. I was just happy you didn't tell me to put the yogurt up my nose. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. because
2: so far all the other (laughs) advice has been to squirt something up your nose. Uh huh.
1: Pam B. wrote in. She said that the secret formula is salt, baking soda, warm water. Shoot it up your nose. But (laughs) make sure you are leaning over a sink when you do so. Oh, Pam, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And make sure to do both nostrils. I guess that that makes sense. But thanks for the reminder. Uh, Kathy... Kathy, you're old school, Kathy in Minneapolis, she suggests the towel over the head, over the pot of steam, over the stove. Oh, you know? okay. I think like it. That's what our mother would have suggested. You have to do this four to five times a day. Okay. <laughs> Doubles is <as> a facial.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just think of what your skin will be like, Liz. It'll be
1: clean. All right. These were all your suggestions to help me solve my sinus problems. There's one here. There's no name on the email. I'm just going to call you Callie. You know who you are. Callie suggests instead of squirting saline saline in your nose to keep your sinuses clear, just go swim in the ocean. Oh, yes. You, yes. That's a good you, idea. You will get natural saline in your nose and sinuses without even trying. Thanks, Callie. Wow. That's true. It's a little bit chilly here for that, yeah. but it, it is doable. <laughs> uh, and then Craig and Chris, lead em. Craig and Chris, maybe it was Craig or Chris, not sure who wrote the email. Uh, again, it's with the neti pot and use pickling salt mm, or good quality sea salt. So I can okay. I can go with either of those. <laughs> there was only the one caller yesterday that suggested I go to the pet store and get the stuff you put in a fish tank and I'm not doing that either. So there you have it. Is that like could Liz, you so are you
2: following any of that? You're going to? You're considering it? I'm considering have it Monica. Have you put anything up your nose? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I did. So this week. I think the most um effective piece of advice I got yesterday was to seek professional care (laughs) normally I would have let it go but Sheila and others reminded me you know you can just even I don't have a normal doctor here in LA this is my problem because I moved here a while ago and I just I still see my old doctor in another city and I know it's crazy so okay I'm fixing that (laughs) but uh so but last night I went to one of the urgent care centers in my neighborhood yes worked out great (laughs) I mean oh great it was great they have these doctors there They're there, you tell them what's ailing you, they fix you right up. So yes, Monica, I could do a demo right here. Hang on.
0: She's reaching for the Flonase.
1: Okay, the doctor gave me Flonase. Oh, I've used that in the past. So he said a combination of Flonase, nasal spray, then there's a formula of Aleve, which is also a cold and sinus formula time released. He said the Aleve is good because you have so much inflammation in your head and bronchial passages. You need to reduce the inflammation. And that's what the Aleve does. Mm -hmm. So he gave me that. And then he said, are you having trouble sleeping? Because a lot of his patients have been coming in and they're coughing so much they can't sleep. That has not been my problem, but when I explained to him the long plane ride and that I'll be traveling in very strange places next week that I've never been, he also gave me a prescription for some sleep aids for my plane oh. ride. Liz, so, so there you have it. Yeah, There, done. That was it. No mention of the neti pot. No Doctor,
0: no mention <laughs> of the neti pot. It's well, very
1: you know, docs don't really do that, and he was worried <laughs> about what I would be allowed to get on a plane with. You know th- So he gave me a very small sample of Flonase.
2: A three-ounce? Yes. Three-ouncer so you she, can put it in your clear plastic carry-on bag?
1: Exactly, Monica. That was his guess that I would be able to actually get this on the plane. So we'll see about that. I'll All report right. about that
0: la- next week. Okay, coming up later on in this hour, it's a new day for Believe It or Not, Monica's weekly e news quiz, not e-news quiz, just weekly news quiz. We're going to need a guest player. Also, we have some feel-good stories, so stick around. But coming up next, how much do you know about your carbon footprint? And is it going to come back to bite you? I mean, really, honestly. Yeah, Satellite Sisters.
1: Satellite Sisters, I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here with my sisters Monica Dolan and Leon Dolan. Now, Monica, I understand you have
2: information for us about our carbon footprint. Well, uh, yeah, about our carbon footprint, but also, Liz, there was a big news story this week that Al Gore, you know, the former vice president, right. he's become kind of a leading spokesperson for global warming. Well, he's been criticized in the press because the news got a hold of some information that he has a ten thousand square foot home in Nashville, mm-hmm. Tennessee, and he uses about thirteen hundred dollars worth of electricity every month just to heat, cool, and light his home wow. really that seems like a lot I mean I've never
1: lived in a ten thousand square foot house is that Is that more than would normally fuel, that kind of house, or are all those big houses sucking up that much juice? I'm well, sure they
2: all are. I'm sure they all are. You can imagine how much it must cost, especially if you live in Tennessee, to, like, cool a house, to have central air conditioning in 10,000 square foot house. So some people are saying, you know, he's a little bit of a hypocrite, you know, that saving energy starts at home and that he's out there speaking about global warming and he should be doing something about it in his own home. Well, I kind of agree. I, I do mean, too. I Liam.
0: mean, the truth is if you should try to reduce your own personal carbon footprint particularly if that's an issue that you really, really care about. I mean, I know if you have a 10,000-square-foot home, you're going to suck up a lot of energy, and you can make the argument, hey, the house is there. Someone's got to heat it. It (laughs) might as well be me. But I think it's going to be like the nanny issue. Remember how there was a time when people had nannies and housekeepers and they weren't paying their taxes, which is illegal, and you know they were paying a political price for it, and so then it became like number one question that's vetted before you get nominated to the Supreme Court. Are you paying your nanny? So you think the carbon footprint will now be the new nanny part of Uh, what you need to disclose. Yeah, I bet it will be or just you know, you just you do have a right to kind of take a look at these people and say, hey. What are you personally doing? Because I know that Al Gore works on a macro level, and that kind of work is important. You Mm -hmm. know, bringing together automakers and stuff, important.
2: Right. He invests a lot of money, a lot of time in projects to reduce energy. And he also, his spokesperson says, he purchases a lot of energy from renewable energy sources like solar, wind, and methane to kind of balance the costs of the electricity for heating and cooling his
3: house.
1: Oh, you know what I think is interesting is that you can go and get an estimate of your own personal carbon footprint. And when I did that, I was really surprised. This is Liz, and I feel like I don't, suck up a lot of juice I live in a two-bedroom apartment I drive a relatively small car it's not like I'm I don't feel like I'm one of those people that is abusing my allotment of fossil fuels but then when you go through the test and you can do this the one I did is at bp.com it's at the British Petroleum website but there are a bunch of them online you would be surprised what your own personal use is Of energy when you start to add in all the travel you do on Ah, airplanes. Airplane travel. Yes, yes. That's what really put me over the top, Monica, and I did not do well on the test. And it was eye opening for me. That's all I can say.
0: When are we going to find out Leo's carbon footprint? (laughs) I'd like to see that. (laughs) For the satellite sisters, stay with us.
1: Sisters. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here with my sisters, Leanne and Monica. Our phone number is 866-33-SISTER. That's 866-337-4783. Or if you want to send us an email, just go to SatelliteSisters.com. Now, Leanne, during the break, we got a call, right? Well,
0: Yeah, well, we, we were doing some calculations because Jim from Minneapolis called and said, hey, if you proportionally, my electricity bill is about the same as Al Gore's. Uh-huh. He lives in a smaller house. So if you multiplied, say, his 1,000-square-foot house times 10, right. they would have the same electricity bill. Okay. So, so yeah, you could buy that. It's the 10,000-square-foot house. That's the problem. It's not the cost of electricity. Yeah. I mean, remember we were growing up and we'd go past big houses and our mother would always say, what would she always say? That must cost a fortune to heat. Yes, she would. That's true. That's true. And it's true. It does, Leah. So those cost- are the kind of things you need to think
2: about. Right. Yeah, how much space do I need? Do right. I need a 10,000-square-foot home?
0: Yeah, I don't question the cost of the bill. I, I'm sure it's that much money. And He's I'm not sh- just leaving all the lights on, yeah. leaving
1: the refrigerator door open?
0: <laughs> no, it's just when you start to get into those big houses, you just think, how much does that house cost to heat, cost to heat or cool? I yeah. Mean, my husband's in real estate, so we sometimes we look at these giant houses and that's what I think, just the maintenance. Now right. don't even get me started about the cost of watering all the lawn. Oh, that drives me crazy. <laughs> okay. I see
1: a lot of that in my neighborhood in Southern California. Yeah, but if you're in Minnesota, you're spending a lot on heat. And if you're in right. Nashville, you're spending a lot on A.C. A.C. Right? So where do we need to go where we not need neither heat nor air conditioning? I suppose that's where humans should be dwelling. If we were. That would to... be along the coast, Liz. We would oh. all move to Northern California.
0: Right. Like yeah. to the coast. Right. But then you have your earthquake situations. Yeah. Okay. And with global warming, that's going to be flooded. <laughs> that's right. right. The seas are going to rise 20 feet, Malibu, yeah. On. Yeah. So there you go. Maybe I'm Pasadena, perfect spot, 25 miles from the coast. I'm okay. good.
1: <laughs> You're just going to have to quit turning on that air conditioning. Okay.
0: Uh-huh. All right. Well, as
1: long as we're talking about people who are trying to change the world, uh, I just want to I, – I watched uh, the other night uh, Oprah's special, Building a Dream, the special that ran on ABC about her uh, – the school that she built in South Africa. And i got to say this. I know you may think – you already know about what she did there because it got a lot of publicity at the time. Right. When she opened the school at the beginning of January, it's, you know, they got a lot of coverage. If you read her magazine, watch the TV show, you've seen a lot of details about that. You have not seen the true story of what's going on there until you've seen Building a Dream. Oh, really? And it was worth it? And they're going to replay it on Saturday. I think it's 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, but check your local listings on ABC it's Yeah, it was just so much more of what is really important about the story, which is the girls. Mm. The, the hour is almost entirely about who are these girls, where did they come from, what did they need, what would their lives be if they weren't removed from their environment in this way i got to tell you, well, you know I'm a sucker for stuff like this anyway. But I'm, not
0: that big a sucker. I mean, I'm a sucker, Yeah. But you're usually, um, <laughs> well. <laughs> you can usually
1: keep a dry eye. <laughs> okay, well, this was like one hour of sobbing as I watched every, every oh, frame Liz, of it. No. no. Well, you know, I've traveled a lot in Africa. I've been in some of these cities and villages where you just see the devastation that AIDS has wrought, and that came on top of sort of the grinding poverty a lot of these families were living in anyway. And you just you meet these girls. I was in Zambia a couple of years ago. And remember, I told you guys about it. Yeah, you meet these girls. They're like 10 years old. And you just think, how are they ever going to just live to adulthood and lead any kind of a reasonable life? The deck seems so stacked against them mm-hmm. that if they're if they don't get HIV AIDS or die of malaria, then they're going to find themselves in some very exploitive situation where, you know, a man is taking advantage of them or, you know, in a lot of these countries, going to school is not free, so they don't learn to read, you know, in a country like Zambia, 60% of the population is unemployed, okay, so, you know, th- this is not a path that is going to lead anyone to a fulfilling life. And so when they go through all these stories of the girls in the TV show, it's just amazing. Okay, here's something, you guys. We would all be, like, welling up at the same time. Okay. The very first girls they profile, two T- sisters. Sisters? Oh! Oh, <laughs> oh no! So, yeah, so these unbelievably adorable sisters, uh, Megan and Sade. Oh. Both of their parents are dead. Uh, and died when they were five and six. And so now they're in like the seventh and eighth grade. And one of them is like really lively and outgoing. And the younger one actually is just like, I'm going to get into the school and this is going to change our lives. And the older one is a little more mellow. You can see that she has borne maybe a little bit more of the responsibility when their parents died, just like an incredible pair of girls. And you get a little bit of their backstory and you just understand how this is really going to change their lives Mm -hmm. you know and when when you're there and and you meet girls that's that's like all you can think about doing when you meet these girls like Mm -hmm. what could you personally possibly do to change the trajectory of this person's life and that's what oprah keeps saying Mm -hmm. but what's amazing when you look at the special is that the scope of what they're doing is so fantastic i mean oprah says women are going to change the face of Africa. And I totally agree with her on that, that if we can save these girls and the women, by the way, the grandmothers who are caring for most of these girls, because... Remember what what the HIV yeah, yeah what HIV mm-hmm. AIDS has done is basically wipe out all the parents. Right. You know. I mean, mm-hmm. there was that special on CNN where have all the parents gone? You know that Christian Amanpour did. And when you're there, you just keep asking yourself that. You just see like a whole generation in the middle that's kind of missing. So the to be able to not just change the lives of these girls enrolled in the academy, but but to believe that this could change the face of Africa, mm-hmm. I can see why she believes that. But it's such an amazing commitment to have made, you know. And then at the very end, they uh, she, she talks a little bit about 100 years from now, this mm-hmm. is going to be the result. And how fantastic right. to be able to think on that scale. I mean, she can operate on a scale that many other people can't. But she does it. She does. She goes for it, man. And she totally went for it here. And it's just, but when you meet all the individual girls, some of them are city girls, some of them are very rural. They reached out to as many schools as they possibly could. And it just must have been, the, the announcement to the girls that they're in it was obviously very satisfying. And you see that in the special. But to be able, to have to decline anyone uh, must have, have been, been really heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. For heartbreaking. Them. Because it's, I mean, she wanted what she calls it girls, Mm -hmm. girls that were going to change the face of Africa. But, you know, you go into any community there. When I was in this little town in Zambia um, called Mangu, really, really in the middle of nowhere. And the school was sort of a grown-up who was not even trained as a teacher under a tree with all the kids sitting on the ground. They're trying to do the best they can. So I was watching this thing, uh, the Oprah special, and imagining one of those girls from that little village, mm-hmm. you know, that they reached into really tiny towns in South Africa like that. And to be able to reach into a little village like that and save one or two or three of those girls and move them into an environment where they're going to have all the skills and training and confidence they need right. to then go back and make a change, it it is pretty darn amazing. So... I would just say I know that there was a lot of attention about it. There when it was, happened. and
0: Liz, I didn't watch the special because I felt like oh, I kind of saw it.
1: You didn't kinda see it. Saw it. That, okay. That's my message mm-hmm. about the special. Okay. You didn't see it. And there's one moment where there's a girl who uh, are we you gonna know, cry? Yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't make <laughs> us cry on the
0: air. Okay, go for it, but I don't want to cry. I mean, these
1: girls are just so amazing because they're so ambitious for themselves yeah. against all odds. Right. It, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they see a lot of people around them uh, uh, thriving and succeeding, and they want that, too. They don't see anyone around them thriving and succeeding. So that the fact that they can have this vision for their own success when it's not modeled for them in any way, is pretty staggering. So this one girl in the interview with Oprah, she's sort of taking her on a little bit. She said, well, if I get to grade 12 and then I want to go to university, what's going to happen then? In other words, <laughs> like, okay, I'm just like, is it going to, this is this is not the end. And uh, And Oprah says, if you get there, I will pay. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't want to make you cry, but. In that moment, Oprah cries, and the girl, her her eyes get really wide, like she hadn't heard this piece of information before. Yeah. And then she just puts her head in her hand, and she cries. So, I don't know. Just, I would say, tune in. (laughs) (laughs) Just, TiVo alert. It's more, it's just the information that you really need about why this is important. It's what Oprah is doing, but also... There's stuff you can do, too. You know, I mean, you guys know I'm going back to Africa in uh, right. in June. It's just really inspirational to see that there are programs out there you can plug into things that are going to change the trajectory of their lives and their countries and their whole continent. So there you go. That's my report.
0: Okay, Saturday, March 3rd on ABC, 9 p.m., 8 p.m. Central. That's when the Oprah special's on. Now from to the ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) the Monday. Hey! We're going to believe it or not (laughs) after that we're going to collect ourselves we need a guest player 866-33-SISTER 866-337-4783
1: satellite sisters i'm liz dolan here with my sisters Leon and monica lean you and i are now going to gang up against monica right because it's time for monica's believe it or not
0: liz i'm going alone okay you you're on your own i know you don't usually play believe it or not but no, the new don't. day and time yeah. uh, has you in the game you're on your own sister <laughs> okay and we are going to julie in river falls wisconsin because julie you are going to play along with us right i am yes do you know how believe it or not works Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead, Monica. Okay, you guys, it's my weekly news quiz. It's the time in the show when I try to
2: stump you. I'm going to present three news stories from the past couple of weeks. Two of the stories are true. One is the figment of my imagination. You have to try to guess which headline is bogus. And, you know, each week I choose a theme. And this week, in honor of that waitress saying to Leon last week, strap on the feed bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to do weird restaurant news. Oh, good. Okay. Story number one, big restaurant. The Tokyo suburb of Shinjuku will soon be home to the world's largest restaurant. The Yumi Corporation is constructing a restaurant complex that will be able to seat 3,000 diners at oh. one sitting. 3,000 diners at once. There's actually going to be four separate restaurants and a fast food service outlet. And they're going to include a steakhouse, a teppanyaki house, and what will be billed as the world's longest sushi bar, able to seat 400 patrons
0: at once. Wow. Wow. Go for it. The restaurant
2: will also contain six waterfalls, a 20,000-gallon fish tank, and employ close to 300 chefs, waiters, and service personnel. Oh. So, story number one is big restaurant. We're playing, believe it or not. Try to guess which restaurant story is bogus. Story number two: Suds and Taxes. <laughs> oh, New Jersey tax accountant Carmine Sodora offers a unique n- unique twist to his clients. It's called Carmine Sodora's Tavern Tax Services. Okay, so instead of meeting his clients at the office, Carmine sets up shop in a local New Jersey bar, (laughs) and he offers his clients cold beer and peanuts, along with financial services. Now, last year, he attracted 25 new customers, but he said there's been a lot of good word of mouth this year, so he's hoping to get a much bigger crowd for suds and taxes. Suds and taxes. Okay. Okay. Story number two. Story number three, giant burger. Love, love those giant burgers. Okay. Pennsylvania restaurant, Denny's Beer Barrel Pub, has something new on the menu. It's a 123-pound hamburger. Okay. This hamburger, it's made with an 80-pound beef patty and has a pound each of lettuce, ketchup, relish, Mustard and mayo, comes with 160 slices of cheese, <laughs> five onions and 12 tomatoes, and let's not forget the pound of banana peppers and th- and the 30-pound bun, okay? A 30-pound bun. 30-pound bun, Liz. So <laughs> restaurant owner Denny Lige created the burger in order to enter it in the Guinness Book of World Records, but you need to bring your friends and family with you and some cash because the burger is three hundred and seventy nine dollars so story number three is giant burger so let's review we have big restaurant in tokyo suds and taxes in new jersey and the giant burger in pennsylvania Monica, this is a tough one this week. They all have
1: some
0: very convincing details attached to them. All Mm. right, we always go to Julie first.
6: Mm. (laughs) That's a tough one.
0: That's the motto in our family, go to Julie first. So Julie (laughs) from River Falls.
6: Uh I'll just take a guess. I'm going to say the Tokyo one is not true. I'm thinking the percentage of waitstaff to the clientele is not high enough. That's about the only thing I can think of. And I think the tax people, I think he is doing that, so.
0: Okay, you know right. what? This is Leon. I am going to agree with Julie. That's what stuck out to me, the 300 waiters and the chefs. I'm like, that's not that many people working there. Even though your pronunciation of the Tokyo suburb was very effective, <laughs> I am going to go with the big restaurant. All right, well, this is
1: Liz. I'm going to go with Suds and Taxes because I have a vision, Monica, that when you were in Santa Monica last week, you saw a place in my neighborhood called coffee and counsel and it's like a coffee shop where you can get free legal help or not free but you can get legal help so i'm thinking that coffee and counsel was the inspiration for your invention of suds and taxes there you go wow
2: very good wow there's a lot of reasoning this week. <laughs> I, I, I like that people were paying attention okay the giant hamburger is real you probably could have guessed that yeah, yeah. all right i mean Every year someone comes up with another big hamburger. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sudson Taxes was real list. Oh. And Ooh. I did I did make up the big restaurant and uh thank you, Leon, for my uh, compliment complimenting me on my <laughs> pronunciation of Shinjuku. But you're right, you know what, Julie, that last detail about the wait the chefs and waiters, I almost left that out. Ooh, and I wish I had. I yeah. You know I made that up, but I should have left that out. <laughs> that was the telltale detail,
1: wasn't it, it Julie? It, it, wasn't, it was
2: It wasn't the 400 patron sushi bar?
3: Yeah, that.
0: <laughs> again, I was thinking you would need 40 chefs alone to service a
3: 400 oh. patients.
0: Oh, wow, Julie, way to go. Way Thank to go. You, you mm-hmm. are a good player here, I believe it. Hey, right? you know what?
4: It's probably because I'm wearing my black uh, Satellite Sisters T-shirt today. All right. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> How'd
0: right you wear? <laughs> Julie, hang on. Joanne needs to talk to you. If you didn't get through, you could always contact us at SatelliteSisters.com. SatelliteSisters.com. We're the Satellite Sisters.